about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Okay, take your Bibles tonight, go to Mark chapter 4. Father, I thank you again for an opportunity to preach on your dominion and on your authority. I thank you for the Holy Spirit tonight. I thank you that the, the eyes of everyone's heart are ready to receive tonight, that the blinders will come off, that they will go down whatever path they want to by your Spirit, that you will teach them more and more of what they need to know in this time and in this hour. Father, we thank you that your word is powerful. It will penetrate our hearts and our minds and our spirit and our soul into a place where revelation knowledge will just burst on the inside of us. I thank you for what you're going to do in this place tonight, and we thank you for your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Okay, Mark chapter 4. Look at verse 26. Jesus is speaking, he said, and he said, So is the kingdom of God. Now we know what he's talking about, don't we? Kingdom of God. Jesus says, And so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day. And the seed should spring and grow up, but he knows not how. For the earth brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest is come. And Jesus said again, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all the herbs and shoots out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow thereof. Now, as we talk about authority, one of the things that we've tried to get across the first couple of weeks is the most important thing about your authority is the knowledge of the Word of God and understanding the Word of God. The more you understand about your divine rights, the more you understand about what God has said and God means what He says, the more you're going to be able to walk in the dominion that you got knowing that certain things belong to you. Here in the kingdom of God, there's a great emphasis is placed on something called sowing and reaping. In this scripture here, basically it says our job is to sow. Basically, we are the man who sows, we are the man who plants, and we are the one then who harvests after we planted. So God here is likening his kingdom to a very small seed, a mustard seed, that has tremendous potential on the inside of it. Although small, the seed has the capability of growing into a tree that shades other trees. It's a tree so large that the birds of the air will come and find lodging underneath it. Now notice, where was this tree before it became a tree? It was inside that little seed that was planted into the ground. So there's potential in the seed in the natural realm. There's potential in the seed of the Word of God that you plant in our heart. Sometimes when we're planting the Word of God, we don't think we're getting anything. We're just reading the Bible to read the Bible. But as long as you're planting the seed on the inside of you, whatever seed that is, there is great potential in that seed to produce in your life. All right, go to Second Peter chapter 1. All right, 2 Peter chapter 1, look at verse 3. It says, According to his divine power, he has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these great and precious promises you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. We know the Word of God is basically in the Bible called a seed. The Word is filled with divine potential on the inside of it. It has the ingredients on the inside of it for you to be an unlimited success in your life. It is filled with the life and filled with the nature of God. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So basically when you're sowing the Word of God into your life, you are sowing God into your life. God's divine ability, God's nature. Here it says, these precious promises, exceeding great and precious, are filled with divine ability and supernatural potential for your life. They are alive and when nurtured properly, they will enable the believer to become a partaker of God's 
own divine nature. As you put these promises in there, as you believe them and you plan them and they grow, your true identity will start to come out. Your true kingdom position will start to be real as being raised and seated in heavenly places. God's word is at work in your life. This process is like that of a normal seed and a normal tree. It starts as a seed, it germinates, and it grows into greatness. You are the one responsible to plant it. You don't know how, but it grows, and success is already in the seed, and it will produce a harvest of success in your life. Now, the greatest thing that I ever found out is everybody's got an excuse for not going anywhere in God. Maybe they were raised wrong. Maybe they lived in the wrong place. Maybe they grew up in the ghetto. Maybe they did this. Maybe they did that. But notice, it doesn't matter where you plant a natural seed. It grows. It doesn't matter whether you plant it in a Beverly Hills garden or you plant it in a ghetto someplace. How many know that seed will still grow and still produce a tree? It's the same way with the Word of God. Where you came from or what happened in your life really doesn't make any difference. If you just take the seed of God's Word and plant it in your heart and nurture that seed, it will produce wherever you at. Black, white, young, old, doesn't make any difference. That seed will produce great potential in your life no matter what's going on in your life because it is a supernatural seed in your life. All right, go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 4, let's look at verse 15. It's talking about the seed again. It tells you to meditate upon these things Give thyself holy. Now, that's not holy. It's W-H-O-L-L-Y. In other words, all put all credit towards it, all effort towards it. Give thyself holy to them, and thy profiting may appear to how many people? Take heed unto thyself and unto doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself, and you'll also save them that what? Hear you. So once you start planting the seed of the Word of God and it grows up on the inside of you, not only will it continue to grow and produce in your life, but it will make you someone who sows a seed. Also, not every tree seed becomes a tree. However, if the soil has been prepared and the seed receives those things that are vital to its growth, it will grow and it will produce a harvest in your life. The Bible says that some seed was sown, some withered, some were eaten, some were trampled underfoot. In the same way, the Word of God contains life of great potential for your life if you'll put it to work. Only you can yield to its growth. The climate of your heart will either nourish the seed or allow it to remain dormant in your life. It will work if you allow it to work. As you give yourself 100% wholly to the seed of the Word of God and plant that seed, the Word of God will begin to work in every single area of your life. All right, go to Matthew chapter 13. All right, Matthew chapter 13, look at verse, let's start in verse 18. It says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that receives the seed in stony places, the same as he that hears the word and anon with joy receives it. Yet has he no root in himself, he endures for a while, but when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he becomes offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that hears the word and understands it, which also bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. First of all, Jesus said that this parable of the sower contained the key to understanding all parables. That's why if you're going to spend time in a parable, spend time in this one first. Why is that? Because it's the key to understanding all parables. Now, all the parables that Jesus taught were on the kingdom of God. So basically, if the knowledge of all parables 
is about the kingdom of God, then you'll have understanding in the kingdom of God if you study this parable and all the other parables. The sower sows the seed, and that seed, once again, is the word of God. When the seed is sown, it falls into the soil of a person's heart. Your heart is the soil that the word of God goes into. The sower can only sow the seed. What does he do then? He sleeps, and he rises, and he sows, and he sleeps, and he rises. It is the atmosphere of the person's heart that will determine the harvest. It's your atmosphere of how you're going to receive the Word of God. Are you going to receive the Word of God as God's Word, as a religious Word, as just something that you want to look at every now and then? Or are you getting it to change your life? The difference between a religious person and a kingdom person is a kingdom person is studying the Word to change his own life. A religious person is reading the Word simply because he's supposed to read the Word. So when he reads the Word, he pats himself on the back and says, My goodness sakes, I ran all, read all of Mark today, and I'm so proud of myself. But no change was made in your life. The Word of God plants the seed to change your life in every area. You hold the key to your harvest. Not God, not anybody else. You are the ones who hold the key to your eventual harvest. Just because you are saved does not mean you're mature. Just because you're spirit-filled does not mean you're spirit-led. Spiritual growth is dependent on upon the priorities that you apply to your own life. That's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Well, if you're going to seek the kingdom of God, you have to seek the word of God first and apply it to your life. You cannot prioritize the wrong things and still continue to grow in the things of God. You have to learn how to know how the kingdom of God works. We have to understand the power that is in that seed and how to harvest that power in that seed. Knowing that there is a promise is not enough. The promise must be nurtured with faith decisions and faith actions. In other words, whatever you learn from the Bible, if you do not act on it, it will never become real in your life. You can say that you know it, you can preach it, you can have 14 books on it, but if you do not act on whatever the seed is telling you to do, it will never produce the harvest in your life. You have to follow the laws of that seed. In other words, there's a law to everything in the earth. God put laws in everything. There's a law to a seed. What do I need to do with a seed? I need to plant it in the ground. And what will it do? It'll germinate and it will grow. What if I decide that I don't want to plant it in the ground and I'd rather just set it on my dresser and pray, Oh God, I want to grow. I want to grow up in the things of God. Oh, Lord, help me to grow. Help me to grow. How many know that seed's not going to grow? Why? Because you're breaking the law. In other words, you just can't say, Lord, grow me up. You need to plant the seed. You can pray all you want. It's not going to help you. Follow the laws of God. Plant the seed in your heart. Protect that seed in your heart, and it will grow up, and it will produce in every single area of your life. All right, look at verse 18. Jesus says, Hear ye, therefore, the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. Here basically Jesus describes four different types of soil in what we read. The first kind of the soil is a heart basically that receives the seed. He receives the word of God. But this person lacks understanding, and the wicked one was able to snatch what was sown in his heart. When you hear the word of God but do not understand it, the devil immediately comes, goes to work to steal the word out of your heart, to keep it out of your life. Now notice, you didn't even understand it. It's not like you heard it and you got a great understanding, so the devil comes. He comes before you understand it. Why? Because he does not want you to understand it. If you understand it, he'll have a lot harder time getting away from you if you understand the Word of God. That's why when you hear something preached that's new to you or different, when I first started preaching the kingdom of God, everybody looked at me like I was from another world, and they would stand there and stare at me because they never heard it before. Some people said, well, I don't understand it, so I just can't, can't do that. Well, stay where you're at and listen to the Word of God. Understanding will come. When faith comes, understanding comes in your life. Just because you don't know it don't mean it's not right. And just because you don't have understanding yet doesn't mean that you won't get understanding if you continue to plant the seed and do it. Now notice what was preached to here. When anyone hears the word of what? Oh, the word of the kingdom. If anyone hears the word about the kingdom, about the kingdom of God, what happens? What happens when you hear the word about the kingdom? What happens? The wicked one comes. So what's the devil concerned about? 
He's concerned about you hearing the word about what? The kingdom kingdom of God. So whenever you hear the word about the kingdom of God, the devil's going to come to tamper with the word of God in your life. He's going to attempt to steal that word that's been sown in your heart. Even the devil knows that a word, although it's dormant, still has great potential and power on the inside of the thing. So he's going to try to come and take that from you. That's why you need to go to a place where the Word of God is preached. You need to listen to good Word that's preached. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. When faith comes, you will get understanding of what's being preached. The Bible says, through faith, we understand the Word of God. And faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the Word. It doesn't come by just hearing it one time, saying, I don't understand it, that's it, I'm going to put it up on the shelf, that was a great sermon, and that's it. No, that seed was put in you, and that seed was put in you to grow and produce fruit in your life. True understanding can only come through the Word of God and the Word of the kingdom. That's why you cannot get tired of hearing the Word of God. Even if you don't understand it, you stay under the Word of God. Do not ever say, I've heard that before. Well, I've heard that parable before. Yeah, well, you read that parable, you're going to get 42,000 sermons out of that one parable if you just stay in the thing because God speaks to you in all different ways. Everything has power on the inside. Do not become weary in well-doing. Hang around the Word of God. Give that seed time to be watered and time to grow. The Word will break through and succeed in bringing faith into your heart. When faith comes, you will understand. When you understand, revelation comes. When revelation comes, the devil cannot steal a revelation out of your heart. All right, just go to Isaiah chapter 6. We're going to come back there. But Isaiah chapter 6. Look at verse 10. It says, Make the heart of this people fat, make their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert and be healed. This is hell's strategy for your life. He comes against the seed. He wants to make your heart fat. The Bible says, The God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, unless the light of the glorious gospel of Christ shines unto them, in other words, in Revelation. When a person does not understand the word, the wicked one comes to steal the word. The demonic strategy will cause the believer to tap into a different source other than the word of God. The devil wants you to live by the natural. He wants you to seek peace in the natural, joy in the natural, healing in the natural, finances in the natural realm. He does not want you hooking up to that seed of the word of God. This information from the natural is basically information from a lower realm. It basically will not stand the test of time in your life. The devil comes to weigh you down, to overburden you, so you become unreceptive to the voice of the Word and of the Spirit. The God of this world works through unbelief and through doubt to shut the eyes of the people. How many of you know right now in the world it's very easy to get distracted? I mean, distractions used to go and come and go and come. Now they're overlapping each other. (laughs) The devil does not want people to see or hear so he can stunt their growth. Without sight, a person will never understand. This means, once again, that your priorities will determine the degree to which your ears hear and your eyes see. When a person's priority is the Word of God, they will see and hear, and understanding will come. You must be patient with yourself. Understanding will lead to revelation in your soul. Now, who's someone who's been in the church a long time and doesn't ever understand the Word of God? Well, it's a person who hears the Word and then puts it on the shelf. They put God right next to the latest headlines, right next to the 6 o'clock news, right next to the latest novel, right next to the TV show. In other words, the Word of God does not carry any more authority in it or integrity than any other word that they're hearing in the natural realm. The Word of God will give place to confusion in their life because they'll be hearing two different reports. The devil wants to take an opportunity to steal the Word out of your heart. Plenty of world news today to kill your seed. Do not get caught up in what's going on in the world.
And I found out this true, you know, you think sometimes when you read these things, it's about a brand new Christian who gets born again, they're getting the word of God, and they're getting some understanding, and then they get pulled off of it. But this can happen any time in your spiritual walk. You can walk on fire for 10, 11, 12, 13 years, and you're just a fireball, and all at once you get distracted by this, you have world problems, or you have this problem, and pretty soon you start losing some of the things that you thought you knew all at once. The Bible doesn't mean anything to you anymore. Take it or leave it. Don't really need it. You know, I've been 13 years. I know everything God knows by now anyway, so what's the difference? Me and God are just like this, and we're pretty close. And It can come at any part in your growth in your life. That's why you've got to stay on fire all the time and read the Word all the time. You've got to put it in there. It's not just for beginners. It's for everybody. All right, look at it again. Make the heart of this people fat, make their eyes heavy, shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and do what? Convert. So what happens here? Convert means change. When a person hears the word, prioritizes the word, sees, all at once they are going to convert, and they are going to change. You'll start to repent from ways that you're thinking, ways that you're talking, ways that you're acting. And let me tell you, this is not a one-time package. This is a whole lifetime changing thing. Every time a person looks into the Word of God, you should see another area that you can improve on in your life. Rather than settling for the normal, they seek to grow and they seek to change. When a person sees the Word, hears the Word of God, starts to understand the Word of God, then the devil will not be able to steal it out of your life anymore. The devil takes personal interest in cluttering your life with stuff. He knows that confusion will make your heart fat. Here it says, make the heart fat, make their eyes heavy, and shut their eyes. I'm telling you, this isn't just from things going on in your life. There's times when you really want to read the Bible and you sit down to read it and all at once your eyes get heavy. I mean, you were doing fine. You were watching 12 hours of TV and you were just wide awake rejoicing. And then you sat down to read for 15 minutes and after seven minutes you're like this. Oh, my gosh, I don't know, don't know what happened. What happened? The devil's trying to put you to sleep. And you know what, what it'll say? Don't worry about it. You'll read it tomorrow. You'll get it tomorrow. Just go to bed tonight, catch up on your sleep. You're, and you get up in the morning, and you run around doing everything, and you get tonight again. And you, you know what he says? Don't worry about it. You'll read it tomorrow, and you'll read it the next day. What's he trying to do? He's trying to keep you out of the Word of God. The devil does not want you to hear the Word. He does not want you to read the Word or see the Word. He does not want you to get a hold on this seed because he knows the potential that's in that seed. The potential in that seed will destroy his entire kingdom if it grows up and bears fruit in your life. If he leaves you alone, you will see it and you will understand it. So one of my jobs is I'm not going to let the devil steal the seed. I'm going to honor the Word I will hear it, I will see it, I will convert, and when I'm converted, it says I will be what? Healed. Praise God. Once there's a conversion, you'll be healed, not only physically, emotionally, mentally, every area of your life, because you're now lining up with the things of the kingdom of God. If you don't understand the word that's being preached to you yet, don't get frustrated, just continue to hear the word. Don't get mad at kingdom preaching. Don't say, I don't get this stuff. Just continue to listen to the Word of God. Saturate yourself with the Word. As you prioritize, faith will come. It will rise up in your heart from a place of supernatural understanding. All right, go back to Matthew 13. I think if we be concerned about, as concerned about having a fat heart as we do a fat body, I think we probably do better in spiritual things. You know, everybody, I put on a pound. Well, how many, how many you put on your heart in the last week because you haven't picked up the word and the whole world's falling apart? You know, your heart's fatter than that yet. Hallelujah. All right, Matthew 13, look at verse 20. But he that received the seed on stony places, the same as he that hears the word and anon with joy receives it, yet has he not root in himself. He endures for a while, but when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word by and by, he is what? Offended. Now, this is the second kind of soil that can happen. Here's a person who receives the word of God with joy, but they have no root yet. In other words, they just heard it. So basically, when they face tribulation, they face persecution. Now, why does tribulation and persecution come because of what? The word's sake. You heard something. 
So, I mean, when something, when tribulation comes to you, you say, praise God, I heard something. I better go back and find out what that is. When somebody starts to persecute you, ooh, I must have a hold of something here. I'm going to have that. Rather than get mad and throw the thing down, it's a testimony that you've got a hold of something now, finally. So, praise God, here comes the enemy to try to get it. So, when they face tribulation, persecution on account of the word, they get offended. That's somebody who sits under the word for the first time. And we've had people who come here for the very first time. They're just passing through whatever. And they hear the word is coming from here. And they, ooh, man, woohoo! They get excited. They shout. And they scream and they jump and come up here. I never heard anything. I, you, well, that's the greatest word I ever heard. And you run into them three weeks later and they don't even know their name. They don't even know if they're born again. They don't. What happened? What happened? Something happened in their life where they didn't continue in the word of God and sow and keep going with that seed. The person receives the word of God. He heard the good news of the kingdom of God and with great joy, but all at once the deceitfulness of riches come in. Tribulation comes in. All these things start coming to them. They were not grounded and rooted in the Word. A root system takes time to establish. I mean, you know, even in the natural, you plant a seed today, you're not going to have a 20-foot oak tree by tomorrow. It takes time for the seed to grow. It's going to take probably a week before you even see the thing come up out of the ground. It's growing underneath. So as you plant, this Word is don't expect instant, for God's sakes, maturity. Let the seed grow on the inside of you. Let it establish a root for you. Carefully water the Word with prayer and more, more of the Word of God. Give attention to it. When persecution comes, basically, people will fail to endure because they do not have root in the Word. If they kept in the Word, they would have developed root sooner or later in that Word Then the devil cannot steal it. Most of you people in here who are born, who are saved, who's heard the gospel of salvation, you have root in the idea that if you died today, you were going to heaven. You have built yourself a giant salvation tree right now. And it don't matter what nitwit walks up to you and tells you that you're going to hell when you die. You just simply grab a little fruit off there, tell them they're crazy, and you go on. Well, that why is that? Because that seed was planted in you when you got born again 30 years ago, and it's been growing and germinating and got big branches out there now, and it's all over the place, and birds of the air are flying down. The devil comes, and he can only sit there. He can't even take the seed anymore. He's just sitting. So what happened? You grew. Well, you can do that in power. You can do that in authority. You can do that in divine health. You can do that in every single area of your life. But the problem is when the, when the devil comes and hits you with a symptom, when he comes and hits you with some fat head who's been Christian a long time who don't know what you want to do and tries to talk you out of it, you look at them and say, well, they've been in the church 20 years. I've only been here two years. They must know more than I do. They may not know anything depending on what's been sowed into their heart. So basically you need to stay plugged into the Word or else you will become overcome with things in your life. If a person pulls away from thinking and talking the word, the root in them will start to wither. They will become weary, the Bible says, and they will faint where? In their mind. In their mind and in their heart. All right, look at verse 21. Chapter 13, verse 21. Yet hath he not root in himself, but endures for a while... For when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, he becomes offended. Notice, no root, no root, no root. What happens? A person comes to church. He hears the gospel of the kingdom. I'm going to enter the kingdom of God. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I enter the kingdom of God. And they get so excited, the first thing they say is, praise God, I'm free from alcohol now. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going back to the bar tomorrow night, and I'm going to get all my buddies saved. Praise God. All my alcoholic buddies, I'm going to save every one of them. Hallelujah. And two days later, he's in the bar joining his friends with another drink. Why? He did not have enough root on to do that yet. So basically, you need to grow the root up first. No root, no fruit. No root, no fruit. The enemy is a thief. He wants to make sure you do not get a root on the inside of you. Persecution and tribulation will arise, and it will arise for the word's sake. The moment the word goes to work in your life as a seed you will start to change. When you start to change, I found out people began to fuss. As long as I remained a dead religious person, nobody cared. When I started believing the Word, talking the Word, acting the Word, changing my talk, changing the way I live, changing the way I think, all at once all my friends didn't like me so much anymore. They liked the old guy a lot better than the new guy. There's a chance you may lose a few friends. People don't care if you have powerless religion. 
It's okay to go nowhere and do nothing in the kingdom of God. But the moment you move on, the moment you change, people get all riled up. Come on, some of you came out of a family and didn't even know God from a horse. And all at once you got born again. And all at once you got on a fire for God. And you went home for Thanksgiving Day dinner to be with them. And you wish you'd have ate at Perkins. Why is that? Because nobody liked you. Nobody agreed with you. Everybody said you were nuts. Everybody said you were crazy. And then you started thinking about spending Thanksgiving some other place. Praise God. And why is that? Because you had changed from where you were to where you are now. That seed got in there. It started building the divine nature of God on you. All at once you were happy. All at once you were peaceful. All at once you were calm. All at once you were loving. And people didn't know you that way, so they didn't like you that way. They liked you the old way that you were. So what comes? Persecution. What comes? Tribulation. What comes? That's why you've got to hang around with the right people. Even when you start teaching people and you start instructing people, people are still going to come against you, but you better have enough root at that time to move on. You can't force feed anybody on the Word of God. You just got to throw the seed on the ground and it'll either plant in their heart or else they'll have it ripped out by the devil and that will be it. Your job is not to grow the seed. Your job is to just cast seed out everywhere and see what happens, praise God. So these are strategies of the devil, some of them that take place to get the Word of God out of your heart. First, through lack of understanding, he will come and try to steal the Word of the kingdom. If he can't steal the Word, he will try to wear the person's patience and endurance down. He brings persecution. He brings tribulation. Eventually, the person may tire of holding on to the promise that was given to him. Why does a person endure only for a short time? They did not mix faith with patience. The faith in your word has to be mixed with patience. We're going to just go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. If you don't understand seed time and harvest time with the word of God and you're excited and you get in the word, you're going to think that it's going to happen immediately every time. In other words, you're all excited. You know God wants healing for you. You know God has healed you. You've heard the word on it. You've never really put it into action. And all at once a symptom comes and you think, out of my body in Jesus' name. And you expect it just to vanish. And guess what? It don't go nowhere. And the next day you wake up and it's twice as bad as it was the day before. Now you're thinking, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shouldn't even challenge a thing. Come on, these are the thoughts that I shouldn't challenge. I don't want to challenge. It'll be three times worse tomorrow. No, what is it? Basically, it's a seed that grows. And as you continue to act on it and continue to act on it, it builds faith on the inside of you. Most of the faith you get comes from what you say. You can hear the word of God. I'm healed. I'm blessed. There's Pastor Tom. We're healed. We're blessed. We're anointed. Then you go out there and say, I ain't got no power and I'm sick as a dog. And you'll believe yourself before you believe anybody else. So it's very important in what you're talking about and what comes out of your mouth. All right, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Look at verse 2. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all toward each other abounds, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that he may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Now that tells me a lot of things. Number one, if I'm going to start to understand the kingdom and operate in the kingdom, I'm going to do some suffering. What am I going to suffer? Tribulation and persecution are going to come into my life if I start to change and line up with the kingdom of God. He goes on to say back in verse 4 that the churches of God for your patience and your faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Say endure. If you're going to believe the promises of God and you're going to plant the seed of the promises of God, then basically you're going to have to do some enduring because there's going to be a challenge to what comes to you. So not only do I have the seed planted, I've got it in there. Now it's starting to produce faith. I want to put patience with it. What does the word patience mean? Consistently constantly remaining the same. In other words, I'm blessed. Well, you don't look blessed. Well, I'm blessed. Why? I'm consistently, constantly remaining the same. Well, you sure don't look blessed. I'm blessed. Well, you, you know, you're in debt now. I'm blessed. What am I doing? I'm staying on the promise. I'm nurturing that promise. I'm saying, praise God, I'm blessed. Praise God, I'm healed. Praise God, I'm delivering. No matter what's coming against my life, I'm going to stay there. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to consistently, constantly remain the same no matter what happens in the natural realm. 
What am I doing? I'm developing root. When I develop root, I will then start to produce fruit. Don't get frustrated. Don't give up. If you get to a place where your mouth is going to run in the wrong direction, call somebody who's a little bit above you. Call someone who will rebuke you, not somebody who will pat you on the back. I'm going through all these troubles and situations. Well, get back on your faith, bless God. Get back on the problem. Not, oh, that's too bad. I'm really sorry for you. I feel so bad that you're going through all these things. You don't need that. If you want a girl, you need a good, swift, you know what, in the you know where, praise God. Come on now. You'll find out. Well, we want to talk about, well, you don't love them. Yeah, I love them. I want them to, in victory, I want them going forward. I want them to do things. That's why you give them a little nudge, praise God, and keep them going. So they've got to hold their position of victory. They grow. If they grow weary, find somebody to help you. And this happens a lot, especially when you're a new Christians. I see new Christians because they come to the Word of God. They hear what we talk here. We don't talk about God's going to bless you someday. We talk about you are blessed. And somebody comes and they hear that and they say, well, that's better than going to be blessed 20,000 years from now. I'd rather be blessed today. And they say, I'm blessed. So they get with their friends and they say, guess what? They say, what? I'm blessed. And they say, no, you're not. Yes, I am blessed. God ain't going to bless you. He already blessed me. No, he didn't bless you. Where's the blessing? God said it and my church said it. Well, that church of years, they're a bunch of radical cult <laughs> type of things. They're, they're crazy. You ain't got no blessing on you. It's never going to work for you. No. They tell me I'm blessed and I'm blessed and I'm going to that church and it's really working for me. And after about two or three weeks, they'll come up and say, where's the blessing? Where's your blessing? You ain't got no more. I ain't got a job anyway. You ain't got no money anyway. Where's your blessing, big mouth? Where is it? I'm blessed. Bless God. I'll tell you. That's what the Bible says and I'm blessed and God's going to bless me. He's going to take care of it. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And then a month goes by. Then two months go by. And now you've tithed six times. And bless God, it ain't working. I tithe six times and this blessing still hasn't hit my life. And you got all these people around you telling you, God ain't going to bless you. God don't care for you. God don't care nothing about you. God and you can't tell who's going to be blessed. God moves in mysterious ways. And if he wants to bless you, he'll bless you. And if he don't want to bless you, he won't bless you. He'll bless this one, but he won't bless you. He likes that. And pretty soon, what do they do? They throw it down. They get mad. They get, offend, they get offended at the word. They get offended at the preacher. They get offended at the people of that church. That's right. They are a cult, praise God. They said, I was blessed and I wasn't blessed, bless God. Why is that? Somebody came in there to get the root from them. Somebody came in there to upset them. Somebody came. Why is that? Because they went back to friends who did not understand what was going on. The word never changes. The devil changes, the weather changes, the, all the things in the natural change, but the word of God never changes changes. When tribulation and persecution comes, it doesn't matter. The word will not change. You will not fail if you apply patience to your faith and stay right there, praise God. Don't be moved off of it. And don't expect instant results in every single area of your life. Hallelujah. Come on. I mean, you know that even from your relationships. I mean, you got married, and how many know it, it didn't turn out to be the bliss in the first month you thought it was going to be? And the second month, everything wasn't hunky-dory, cutie-cutie all at once. You had to grow in it. You had to plant seeds in it. You had to obey God in it. You had to plant seeds that says you love your wife, life loves you. You just didn't do whatever you wanted to do and hope that it worked out. No, you have to plant the seed in there and let it produce a harvest. All right, just go to Matthew 11. I think we read this last week and Sunday. This has been a hot scripture here. Matthew chapter 11, look at verse 1. And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples, said unto them, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Go and show John again these things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached unto them, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Here's John. He knew he was the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He knew he was the anointed one. But notice some things came into John's life. He was put into prison. What happened? He got a fat heart. 
got to the place, well, if he was really anointed one, I wouldn't be in jail. This couldn't be happening to me. And me and him are cousins. We're buddies. We're friends. He'd be bailing me out right now. He'd have broken to this prison and got me free. He'd have sent some angels. He'd have did something. Once he started thinking this stuff, and what did it do? It moved him off, basically, the soil in his heart. And it says here, he got offended. What happened? The devil stole the word out of his heart. The devil comes to steal. If he can steal, he can kill. And if he kill, he can finally destroy. So the devil steals the word out of people's heart. The second type of soil received the word with joy and excitement, but failed to endure the attacks that came. They received a small revelation, but persecution came and they gave up on the promise because of no root. Here John gave up on the word all at once. Is he the one rather than he is the one? John ended up in prison and got a little bit confused. Don't ever change your mind about the word or the seed that you have sown. If you don't understand it, stay around it. But I heard that before. He said, go tell John again. Don't allow the enemy to steal the word. Continue in faith and patience. All right, back to Matthew 13. There's some things I do as a gardener when I understood this parable because one of the first parables when I was, was raised up a little bit under, you know, Kenny Copeland's ministry, he said, this is the most important parable you're ever going to read in your life and you need to read that thing. So, of course, I read it and read it. I figured he knew what he was doing, so I did it. But I learned that in my Bible, instead of reading the Bible sometimes, if I get a, a new Bible or just a little Bible or cheapy or whatever, and I go through there and I read it, as I read it, I'll underline certain scriptures that I know are pacted with power for me to help me change. And then when I'm done, when I read the Bible again, I won't read the entire Bible. I'll just go to those passages, and I'll read those passages, and I'll think on those passages. Then I may go another five, six pages before I get another underlined passage there. What am I doing? I'm planting that seed over and over again to try to get the full revelation of what Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, being made a curse for me, that the blessing of Abraham might come around, that I might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. I'll read that, and I'll say, praise God, I'm delivered. Praise God, it's so good to be redeemed. Thank God the Holy Spirit's on the inside of me. He gave me the opportunity to receive the Spirit. Thank God for the Spirit of God. God today. And I'll just meditate on that for a little bit, maybe pray in tongues, and I'll go until I find the next one. Maybe the next one's in Colossians. Uh, spoiled the devil. Well, I like that one. So I'm going to meditate on that one a while. Do you see? Instead of reading and reading and reading, sometimes we get tired reading and reading. But if you start to plant, I mean, if you want tomatoes, you don't have to read about beans and corn and everything else. You just got to read about tomatoes. So you might as well plant the tomato seed, water the tomato seed, hit the tomato seed, and once the tomato seed starts producing fruit, then you can move on to some beans if you want some beans at that time. But you want to get a revelation of stuff, and if you read the whole Bible, you may only hit a scripture on tomatoes every fifth or sixth or seventh day. Who knows? Well, I want my garden to grow fast in certain areas of my life. So one of the areas I started in was healing. I wanted to live in divine health. I don't like doctors. I don't like medicine. I don't like shots. So I wasn't going to do that kind of stuff, praise God. So what about, I hit those hard. Those are underlined in, in my Bible that he healed me. I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, praise God. And I just read those scriptures every day. That's all I, did you read the whole Bible? Well, not the whole Bible, but I sure covered it. I just didn't read that many scriptures while I was reading the Bible. What am I doing? I'm planting healing seeds on the inside. All at once they start to grow up on the inside of it. And you don't even think about catching something. You're not even afraid when something comes around. Why? Because you planted the seed, it took root, it's grown up now, and it's grown into a place. We just want to skim the Bible, and then when the attack comes, 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes I've been healed. Isaiah 53. No, if you want to eat tomatoes by July, don't plant them July 1st. See, you're planting now for a crop that you're going to need in the future, praise God. As if somebody, well, I've just studied healing. I'm doing good. Well, just wait. Because when symptoms hit your body, where are you going to go to get your fruit at, praise God? Where are you going to get your crop from? You never planted a seed on the thing. It's not germinated. It's not grown. There's no root. There's nothing there. And then people get mad at God. Well, I ain't healed. Well, see? Why, why is that? Because it wasn't planted beforehand. Hallelujah. All right. Well, that was free. No problem. You're welcome. Glory to God. All right. Matthew 13. Look at verse 22. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the care of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word, and it becomes what? Unfruitful. Now here's the third type of soil here. 
basically failed because it was in with thorns. The thorns choked the word, which are the cares of life. They strangled the word, and it became unfruitful in your life. Worry is a very dangerous thing, but is accepted by most of the church. It will drown out the word of God. It will affect you physically and mentally. This person heard the word, but the cares of life, the deceitfulness of riches became the priority in their life. Jesus said, why do you worry? He says, be anxious for nothing. Let not your heart be troubled. Why was he saying that stuff? So you could protect the seed that you were putting in the ground. And yes, you got to go to work every day. Yes, you got to drive through traffic to get there. Yes, you got to eat dinner. Yes, you got to deal with people. Yes, you have to pay bills. It is impossible to live on earth without being exposed to trouble and cares. You will encounter these things. What is the secret? Stay prayed up. Stay in the word. Fellowship with godly people. If you spend your time with cold people, they will rub off on you. If you spend your time with fear people, they will rub off on you. If you spend your time with worry people, they will rub off on you sooner or later. Do not let lapses of time go by where you neglect to stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. The best thing you can do is learn to catch yourself. If you find yourself thinking stupid, worrying about things, stop yourself. Say, I never worry. I roll all my cares over onto him. And it comes back and you say, don't matter. I never worry. I roll all my cares over onto him. And it comes back again. Answer that thing. Use your mouth. Use the authority that you have in that situation. The cares of life will come to pressure you. The devil will utilize them to push you over the edge. If the devil can get your eyes on the cares of life, he can distract you from your purpose. A person like this, basically, after a while, won't care about anybody else. They'll just care about their poor old self position. Come up to them and start talking to them. They'll say, leave me alone. i got my own problems. A mind that is wrapped in anxiety cannot hold on to the promise but becomes offended in it. The word is in them and the tree is good, but the tree will not produce fruit because it's not getting the things to germinate. Wrong priorities are the cause of most unfruitfulness. Say that again. Okay, I will. Wrong priorities are the cause of most unfruitfulness in people's life. The mind will get so full of the cares of life and the natural things going on around them that the life of God was cut off from the seed. Instead, you must meditate on the word and consider the promise. Notice the Bible says the kingdom of God is if a man sows and then he sleeps and rises. Notice it doesn't say the kingdom of God is a man sows, then he tosses and turns all night because he can't get to sleep. No, he plants the seed, he goes to bed, he gets to sleep, he rises up, no problem. If a person plants God's word next to the seeds of care and worry, thorns here it says will creep up and it will choke the word and it will become unfruitful. It's not that they didn't have the word, but they had weeds that choked out the garden. If you hear the word of God but don't understand it, simply guard it and continue to hear the word of God. All right, look at verse 23. Now the good news. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that hears the word and he understands it, which also bears fruit. And it brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Now the thorns and the stones and the rocks have been removed from this person's heart. It is prepared for the word of God. The soil was prepared by someone who meant business with God. When you read the Bible, mean business with God. Let him speak to you. Let him change you. Let him talk to you. Prepare the soil of your heart. Whatever the Lord tells me to do, I'm going to do it. Oh, look what that says. Give. Oh, I don't really want to do that. Sorry it says that. Give and it will be given unto me, pressed down, shaken together. He probably don't want me to do that anyway, so I'm just going to pass on to the other thing. Forgive as other... No, I don't want to do that either. That's a good verse, but I got it. Now, what are you going to do? You're going to act on these things. I'm going to say, hey, who haven't I forgiven? Hey, where, where should I be giving that I'm not giving? You're going to obey the word of God. You're going to practice the word of God. If something goes haywire, you're going to pray in tongues. Listen to the word of God. Call someone who can help you out in that situation. I'll tell you, when you get in a high-stress situation, tongues are the best thing you got. Because the hardest thing to control in a tough situation is your mouth. If you pray in tongues, thank God you don't know what you're saying. (laughs) You go off into tongues, your tongue just can't do nothing but follow whatever's coming out of your spirit, praise God, and can't hurt you a bit. Glory to God. So as you do these things, faith and patience will work. They will produce a harvest, some 30, some 60, and some 100 full. 
All right, go to James chapter 3. got our heart prepared, we've got it uh, worry out, we've got all these things out, we're enduring, we're with the word of God, we're planting seed every day, we've got a nice crop growing up in there. James chapter 3, look at verse 14. But if you have bitter envying and strife, where? In your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthy, sensual, and what? For where envying and strife is, there is disorder, confusion, and every evil what? Work. So notice here it talks about envying and strife always lead to confusion and evil works. It will steal the word out of your heart. Strife is a lack of agreement with the word of God. We talk about it being with people, but it is, is out of agreement also with the word of God. It is being out of sync with the voice of God and with his word. Envy and strife does not always take place between people. It can take place in the area of your agreement with God himself. Is there an absence of peace in your life? Cares and strife have taken over your heart. For a harvest to take place, strife and worry must be uprooted and kept out of your heart. If strife leads to every evil work, then the absence of strife leads to every good thing from above. If strife leads to every evil work and confusion, then the absence of strife will lead you to every good thing and understanding in your life. If you keep the word and understand it and guard it, you will eventually see a harvest in your life. Once again, this takes time. Some things seem to come quicker and other things seem to take a long time before you really get the revelation of them. If you keep the word and understand it and guard it, you will see a harvest in your life. The light of revelation will dawn in your heart. One day you will say, wait a minute, my golly, I am blessed. Wait a minute, glory to God, I am healed. The manifestation will come because the word will come alive and you will have fruit in that area of your life. Fruit possibilities are none, 30, 60, or 100-fold, and it's your choice how much you will receive from the word of God. The word of God works every single time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. the kingdom of God and his righteousness